Hello and welcome to Occupied Thoughts, a podcast brought to you by the Foundation for Middle East Peace. I'm Peter Beinart, a non-resident fellow at the Foundation. Today is October 29th, 2021. I am honored to be joined today by Shawan Jabarin, General Director of Al-Haq, an independent Palestinian non-governmental human rights organization based in Ramallah on the West Bank. Al-Haq was established in 1979 to protect and promote human rights and the rule of law in the occupied Palestinian territory. On October 22nd, 2021, the Israeli government declared six Palestinian human rights groups to be, quote, terror organizations, unquote, a designation that effectively outlaws the groups, criminalizes their work under Israeli law, and enables Israel to seize assets, arrest staff, prohibit funding, and punish public expressions of support and solidarity. With this terror designation, the Israeli government has escalated its longtime efforts to crush the Palestinian organizations that document Israel's ongoing violation of Palestinian human rights and seek to hold Israel accountable. Al-Haq is one of those organizations. Responding to the designation, Sawan said, Israeli authorities can drain the resources of Palestinian civil society organizations. They can shut our offices down. They can criminalize us and take us to courts. They can arrest us, but they will not silence us. We will build offices and prisons and continue to do our work towards the rule of law, justice, and accountability. Shawan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Um, so before I get to the recent events, I wanted just by way of background to ask if you could talk a little bit about where you grew up um, and what were the circumstances that led you to be involved in Palestinian human rights work? Okay, I grew up in uh, Sa'ir. I born and grew up in Sa'ir. It's uh, a village or a town near Hebron in southern side of West Bank. And uh, even when I was 17 years old at that time, I was the first one who testified before, before the Israeli uh, court and before the Israeli police against a settler who killed one of our colleagues. She's a female, you know, student. Uh, we were in demonstration in Hebrew and Halhul at that time. And uh, she was next to me when she got a bullet in her heart. Uh, she died, and I was the only one who was ready also, also to st- testify and identify the settler. That's, you know, the main uh, one. And also I testified against another soldier who killed another person. He was paralyzed person uh, in Halhul, the same city, because we used to demonstrate against the occupation and uh, land day and all of these things. Uh, that's, you know, the first time. And uh, uh, I was arrested after that. I was arrested after that by Shabak, and uh, the main, main investigation Shabak of that time. Is, you know, Shabak is the Israeli internal security yeah. service. Yes, and uh, since early time, you know, I, uh, I was ready, you know, to defend the rights of the people. I was ready also uh, to go, for instance, uh, to courts, to police, uh, to testify against, you know, the criminals. Uh, after that, the Israelis, they banned my travel when I finished Tawjihi. My dream was to study, you know, medicine outside. I got three scholarships at that time in the Soviet Union, in different places, you know. Uh, but at that time, they banned my uh, travel. And I think the reason was, uh, this is, you know, because uh, I am ready. I uh, maybe uh, I have strong faith that uh, I have to do this, you know, to dis- testify and uh, identify. But uh, after this dream, killed their, my dream to study medicine, I went to Birzeit to study at Birzeit University, and I refused to study any, uh, you know, science uh, uh, subjects, and I decided to study uh, more uh, sociology. 
that's you know the issue and i know alhaq uh, since early time because one of my colleagues is the first uh, employee at alhaq uh, he was my close friend and because of that i grow and i know alhaq uh, since that time i tried to help him for instance and hear from him about his documentation work and uh, that this is you know part of uh, uh, the story and uh, uh, looking around yourself, uh, see things, how's going, the occupation. Occupation is not uh, a reactive uh, system. It's a proactive uh, system. You know, closing areas, uh, killings, uh, conf confiscate lands, uh, uh, pressuring here, there. That's they, they try to control every aspect in your life. And I live like any other Palestinians in this situation. And when I grow up, I... Uh, I start thinking, you know, about my uh, future, about my society, and things grow. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, the uh, one of the main things. And when I joined Al-Haq in uh, 87, uh, formally at that, uh, at that time, uh, I used to know the work of Al-Haq. Even at that time when uh, I met with the one, uh, Jonathan Kutab, he was, he interviewed me, you know, for the job to be a field worker in Hebron area, in my uh, area, just to collect and to gather first-hand data about the uh, situation and about the uh, violations committed against victims, civilians. Uh, I asked him at that time, what's this organization really? Could you tell me about this you know, organization funding? And Is it CIA <laughs> organization? <laughs> and he said to me, you know, you, you know that when we accept you. And yeah, I started uh, 87. And uh, when the first Intifada started, uh, I used to document, you know, what's happened and what's going on. And uh, I still, you know, remember that we were eight uh, field workers together in one place and under the administrative detention. And all of us, they were working uh, West Bank. Uh, cities and uh, places gathering just and collecting data, first-hand data about human rights violations. This is also also shows that they try to, uh, let me say, uh, to paralyze Al-Haq from doing its work and gathering and collecting because we were the only organization in the field at that time, the human rights organization. Because Al-Haq, when it was established in 79, it was the first human rights organization in the Middle East, not just in Palestine. We, we are the First, a human rights organization in the Middle East. Even after that, you know, when other organizations, let me say in Egypt or others, they learned from our uh, experience. They learned from our, uh, you know, story. That's uh, how I grew uh, up. I do believe about these things, you know, justice, uh, accountability, equality, uh, all of these values is part of the culture. It's my uh, deeply, you know, in uh, in my mind and my heart. Uh, this is uh, not just this is a faith and beliefs. To be honest with you, deep beliefs. Uh, that's you know part of uh, of my story. So, um, uh, tell uh, uh, the audience a little bit about. Um, this decision that was just made by the Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz um, to uh, outlaw Al, Al Haq and um, and five other Palestinian organizations. What what does that decision mean for Al Haq? Look, I think we have to put it in the context. To be honest with you, because this is not just came suddenly, and just he declared that Al Haq. It's no, 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 no. It was uh, part of a, a long uh, story. 
it was started uh, 13, 14 years ago uh, against Al-Haq as part of smear campaigns, you know, and at that time they tried to uh, silence us. Uh, they used to go after our colleagues, mainly, you know, when we crossed the red lines. Uh, we are in the field of human rights since the beginning, and uh, we felt that one of the main lessons that we learned, if we continue just calling and just training people, you know, for human rights and telling them about uh, the story for human rights, the narrative, uh, this is in this book or in that book, this is in this uh, uh, convention or in that convention, it doesn't work because also the crimes continue at the same times. And here we decided to say, you know, to go uh, against the criminals, the accountability things. This is one of the main lessons, because if you don't uh, hold the criminals accountable, they will repeat their crimes again and again and again. And that's the story. That's the case. And when we decided to cross the red lines at that time and to go to join, for instance, before the ICC, even, you know, to go to the US, International Criminal Court. Yeah, yeah, the ICC is the International Criminal Court. Before that, even, we try to use what's called the universal jurisdiction. It's the national courts. They have a jurisdiction over specific kinds of crimes, mainly, you know, the war crimes and the crimes against humanity. Uh, respective of who is you know, the nationality of the person or the place or where it commits the crime. That's the case. It's called universal jurisdiction. And here we try to use other, uh, for instance, uh, uh, options before us. We try to use the bridge, for instance, against some of the Israeli criminals, uh, those they commit, you know, or those, those they complicit with the uh, war crimes. Uh, but we face that it's a big problem. And also joined with other Palestinian human rights organizations like PCHR, for instance, Palestinian Center for Human Rights based in Gaza. Uh, after that, when uh, we used to push also Palestinians to join the uh, ICC, the main difficulties was is the uh, statehood issue. Uh, and here, you know, Palestine, when they acceded to the, and they were accepted by the General Assembly in uh, 2012, uh, at that time in uh, 29th of 2012 as an observer, you know, status uh, at the General Assembly of the United Nations. Here, you know, they open, the, the door opened before uh, Palestine to acceded uh, and to join the International Criminal Court. And here we played a strong role, you know, main role at that time to pressure, to push Palestinians' leaders uh, to join the uh, even, you know, at that time, cyber cut, uh, he said, uh, you know, to me, Mr. Mr. ICC, Mr. International Criminal Court, you know, we made the ICC and the importance of uh, the uh, to, to go and to hold the criminals accountable uh, is part of the Palestinian public uh, culture. It became part of the their public narrative. Uh, also, every day they use, and when you go to the street, they used to say, let Abu Mazen, mean Mahmoud Abbas, the, pres the president, to uh, join the uh, ICC, because the ICC is the uh, last, you know, hope for Palestinians to see some accountability, some justice. This is, you know, mainly part of the remedy for the victims. This is the case. And here you close before them everything. And we felt that this is the only way even to strengthen and to keep and to maintain hope in people's and victims' minds. Because it's, it's difficult, you know, for any people if they lose hope. And this is part of the hope. And it's not just, you know, let me say, sticking our hands to beat in this or that. This is part of the prevention even way. Because just to let 
the criminals think or account until 10 before they commit their crimes. Because one of the main difficulties that we are living in these days is the culture of impunity, that the criminals, they go without any, uh, you know, to pay for their uh, uh, crimes. And this is part of the culture of state. You know, Israel, they try to defend, they commit the crimes, uh, they close the door before Palestinians, for instance, to go to use the Israeli system because it doesn't function well, there is no due process, all of these things. And here we cross the red lines. I think the Israelis, they look at us as that we cross the red lines. After that, they look at us also, we, cr we cross the red lines when we try to go after the businesses, those they uh, uh, do and make uh, businesses and the settlements and using, you know, the occupation uh, uh, to make a business in this, which is illegal. This is also against Geneva Convention. This is a violation. All of these things. Here they felt that, no, we crossed the red lines. They want us just to keep saying something, good things about, you know, and 60 things about the international law, how much it's the equality, blah, 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 human rights, but not to go after the criminals. And I think that's the thing. And we were ready to pay the price. And since the first day, when I said to my colleagues, hey, guys, we are going to that area and we will cross the red line. Keep in mind that the Israelis, they will, let us, uh, they will not let us to do this easily. And they will put all difficulties. And here they start, you know, with the, it's called uh, the smear campaigns against me first and uh, against the work of Al-Haq. And they start labeling us, labeling us saying that this is uh, lawfare. It means that we are using this law as, as, a, as a warfare. Uh, and after that, they gave us, you know, another label called, you know, the economic fair, economic, you know, warfare. Uh, this is how they tried, but it, they failed. They start sending letters to the donors to dry our resources. After that, they start even using the mafia uh, methods and uh, uh, styles. For instance, putting, you know, the funeral, the funeral roses before uh, behind the, the doors of my, our colleague. She is working directly with the International Criminal Court in The Hague, uh, front of her uh, house, behind her doors. Uh, they start uh, contacting her family that they will lose her uh, daughter, she will die, they will kill her. If, for instance, if she doesn't uh, uh, resign from the organization, they start calling her to call her, to call her director, they mean me, and all of these things. And even the Dutch, they investigated this after that. They hacked her computer, uh, they put her name... You mean, uh, when they, you mean the Israeli government? Yeah, I'm sure. The Israeli, but they were not open, you know, doing this, but they are the one who only have an interest of these things, you know. And here they used to put also her name on the East Court, for sexual blah, blah, blah. She used to receive calls, put her name. They disseminated uh, also 40,000 leaflets in The Hague uh, under the name of Al-Haq and the logo of Al-Haq that we are interested of the Muslim brother, you know, the Muslim community in uh, in Europe and in uh, the Netherlands. And also the we are interested of the immigrants, the immigration. Bah, why? Just to, uh, you know, inciting against us before the, uh, let me say, the extremist uh, people there. She used to receive calls from those extremists. Oh, you are a neighbor of us. How you sit here? How you stay here? That's, that's an issue. They tried to collapse her, to kill her. That's the w one thing. Another thing is they used to right, say- Just to understand, you're talking about Al-Haq's, the, the actions against Al-Haq's representative in The Hague who was working yes. for the, with yeah. the International Criminal Court to bring a case. 
Yes, that's mm -hmm. the, the, yeah, that's the case. And after that, they used to send, let me say, letters, fake letters and false letters to the banks, for instance, uh, in uh, Sweden and uh, elsewhere under the name of the Palestinian Monetary Authority, which is false, false. And here, you know, we, we, we used to, uh, the funders or the, uh, the grants used to be delayed because of these things. They used to write also, they established what's called NGO Monitor. NGO Monitor is a stake. It's a stake in the hands of the Israeli Foreign Ministry. It's a stake in the hands of the intelligence also under the name of NGO Monitor that it's like a research or something like that. We know, you know, how these techniques that they tried. And here they carried out a big smear campaign against us uh, to, uh, you know, to delegitimize uh, us. And here, you know, they brought uh, some false reports, accusations against me, against Al-Haq. Here, there, they used to write reports to make us busy. Our strategy was not to listen to all of these things, to keep focus, to keep focus, because we know that they try us to push us to shift from our focus work, but we kept focus on that. I think they failed. Even, you know, Netanyahu himself, he raised the issue of funding uh, to, with the European, uh, uh, you know, those they meet with him, uh, like foreign ministers or, yeah, raise Al-Haq as one case also. I hear this from the Irish foreign minister at that time when I met with him, Mr. Kovni. He was also, he told me that uh, Netanyahu, he raised this issue with him uh, when he met with him. And he said, we made a headache to you, please, you know, but we will continue uh, you know, uh, funding you and cooperating with you. This is, and I think here they failed. And they established what's called the Israeli Strategic Affairs, Ministry of Strategic Affairs, going after the boycott or the BDS uh, campaign and also the human rights organizations like Al-Haq. The Israelis, they haven't challenged our information ever, ever in, my, in our life. 42 years, 42 years, they haven't challenged our legal analysis in 42 years. That's the case ever. No one time challenged us. This shows the professionality that Al-Haq is working. That's the level of the professionality that we work. And here they try to find ways that, oh, he is blah, blah, blah. What's this, uh, uh, let me say, uh, giving us a labels that uh, he is uh, terrorist. Terrorist how? How terrorist? I was arrested, you know, in uh, uh, 85. And it was something when I was a student at Pierce 8 in uh, 82 or 81, things like uh, this. And the court decided that I wasn't anymore with anything, just as a student, you know, with the students, activities and all of these things. And that's it. That's it. And they gave me uh, nine months sentence, nine months sentence. They have nothing. Nothing enhanced, but all the time they try to use, you know, accusations here, there, that I think they felt after they felt. And this is what I said to my colleagues. Hey, guys, this is internally. And now I'm telling you what I said to my colleagues years ago. Also, when they fell, maybe they will reach the level to say to criminalize Al-Haq by saying this is, you know, it's a terrorist organization. This is the only thing. This is the last bullet. And I think this is the shot the last bullet. Because of that, this is the story of Al-Haq, why they reached this, because they uh, failed to dry our resources, they failed to silence us, they failed to disseminate fear on us, 
Uh, and here they feel that they we continue, we build this image, we maintain our credibility, our professionality, and we continue in our work. The nature of our work, and second, they failed to stop us and to silence us. Because of that, Gantz, came, and I think he made a big mistake. But thank you for Gantz. Thank you for Gantz. I think he activated and he refreshed, uh, refreshing our, our effort and our energy. Sometimes, you know, when you are like a director or staff members, you do like routine work. But thank you for Gantz. He is refreshing really our effort and our uh, energy. So I want you talked about the, uh, the allegations against you and the other human rights organizations. And I wanted to ask you to respond just a little more specifically. So a, a lot of it seems to be this the claim that there is um, that Al Haq is a front organization for the the PFLP, the, the, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, um, which is a group that has committed acts of violence in the past. So I wanted you just to ask you to respond to that specifically. Uh, I uh, challenge them to confirm this. That's, I challenge them. And this is not the first time I said this. I have been saying this since so long. I challenge them. The Israelis, they arrest a child. He is 12 years old when he throws stones. Just do you think that they will keep a body like this or a person like this to do which called terrorist actions or something like that to keep it for three decades or four decades? This is ridiculous. Uh, this is false accusations. This is just uh, a way, you know, how to silence us and how to pressure us and how to get us down. But they will not success. I assure you, Peter, they will not success. They can success, for instance, if they have something in hands. Could they prove this? I challenge them from Gantz to their intelligence to approve this. So why do you think, um, some people have speculated that, that Benny Gantz himself might be, could be brought before the International Criminal Court. He will, he will. He's a big, a big fish. We are looking for a big fish. He is one of the big fish. Do you think that's the reason he brought this now? The, this... He knows, not, not himself only. Mm -hmm. There are other criminals around him. Mm -hmm. He knows them well. Mm -hmm. And the intelligence or uh, politicians or others, they know how much they did. What's their hands did? What has been your, how encouraged or not encouraged have you been by the response um, since this move took place from European governments, from the United States government? Um, uh, how do you evaluate the response to, uh, to Israel's action? I think it doesn't reach, you know, the level that we expected, to be honest with you, mainly uh, from the uh, EU. Mm -hmm. uh, EU, they are our partners. They are the main uh, funders for the civil society in Palestine. And I think by uh, uh, accusing their uh, partners that they are, you know, uh, terrorist groups or organizations, it means also they are going after the Europeans. The reaction, it wasn't uh, that good. I know that there are good people, good friends. They are ready to stand behind us well. And they do believe about, you know, the justice uh, and international law principles and also equality and the human rights. But also there are other 
officials or maybe parliamentarian or maybe in the commission uh, they are friends of israel and they are taking all or their orders from israel not from their capitals and not for the interest of the eu because the eu principles and values is clear but to go after the civil society for instance or to accept these allegations vague allegations uh, this is another thing in the eu there is something like that. There are good people and there are bad people, to be honest with you. But also the reaction is okay. I don't want you know, to say uh, more about that. But the individual states, they reacted well. France reacted well. Ireland reacted well. Uh, Italy reacted well. Uh, other also, not EU countries, but also Norwegian, for instance, today they reacted well. Uh, we know that we have very good, and they are standing not behind us. When they react well, they stand behind the principles of justice, the principles of international law, the importance of uh, civil society organizations. Uh, that's the, this is the values. This is their values. This is their uh, principles. Could they stand behind these values and to take actions? And another thing is, I think it's not a time for more condemnations. It's a time for actions and to translate these condemnations to actions. This is, maybe you ask me which actions? Political actions, diplomatic actions, economic actions. That's because the Israelis, they try to uproot it. The civil society organizations, they are in engineering a plan. They want to engineer our society. Who can speak and who can't speak? Who can stay and who can't stay? We will not let them doing this. This is because of that, it's beyond also the sixth organization. I think the long, long plan, and if they let the Americans, if they let that to be success, I think this is, they try to uproot the real civil society organizations. That's the case. Now the American, I think they were clear that they were not informed, they declared this, because the Israelis, they gave more attention to the Europeans. The Europeans, they are the main funders of the civil society. And here they try to dry our resources. Because of that, they ignore the Americans. But I think but also Biden uh, administration and Biden in his campaign, it was clear. Uh, human rights, justice, all of these things, this is part of the main you know, values he used. The question is, do they will stay uh, behind their... Uh, values and to take actions and not let the Israelis uh, to move in this way. Um, what do you what what about the response of the Palestinian Authority? The Palestinian Authority, they stand strongly behind us. Palestinians today they are united to get this decision down. To be honest with you, the president he met with us directly directly, and he feels he feels strongly that this is also against the PA. This is trying to paralyze the question before also the PA. If the PA, they can't, for instance, you know, protect the life of the people. They can't protect their lands from confiscation. And they can't protect civil society organizations, those they register under the Palestinian law. What they left for the PA, what they left. I think this is also another way, for instance, you know, against the PA. And they understand it like this, and they read it like this, you know, because they feel that the Israelis, they try to build like, a, let me say, a precedent, and after that, they will take it further steps. This is, you know, how they look at it because of that, our people, they are now standing behind us strongly. Every day we receive hundreds of people, they come and say, we are ready. 
even those we used to work with them to print for us, for instance, or do design for us, even businesses. They said, we are ready to work voluntary for you, standing voluntary. The president yesterday, he declared that even if our resources are dried for any reasons, he will pay as a PA, they will pay for the civil society and for the six organizations to keep them function and going on. Another thing is the six organizations, they're providing also services to the people. Services to the people directly, for instance, to the peasants, to the farmers, uh, to others. They are, uh, you know, uh, providing also services like uh, legal representations for prisoners. All of these things, people, they were affected. Victims, they are affected. That's, but I think put everything together like one time, maybe they felt that our relation at this time, it's not in a good moment. It's not in a good environment with the PA and maybe they try to use it. The Israelis, they felt that if they do it and killed, you know, and uprooted the organizations, maybe the PA will keep silent, keep silent. And, and what there's obviously been a lot of discussion uh, over the last year about Israel's normalization with countries in the Arab world. What has been your assessment of the response from uh, from Arab countries to this? Look, we don't expect any response from uh, Emirates or uh, Bahrain or <laughs> and uh, but we have responses from the people in these areas. We have a strong response from Bahrain, for instance, uh, and reactions from uh, them. But I don't expect any response from you know the Bahraini government. Those they arrest people arbitrarily in Bahrain against their citizens also in Bahrain, like Nabir Rajab, like others, like Abdul Hadi Khawaja. Yani we have a list of others. That's the case. This is the relation of Israel with the uh, their partners. They are the uh, democratic, you know, regimes in these areas. Mm-hmm. The people they are standing strongly behind us. Yeah, but. Just to go, it doesn't, isn't the Palestinian Authority also working with Israel in a repressive way um, to prevent Palestinians from protesting against against this repression? (laughs) Look, yes, they are working closely, but the Israelis, I think they went beyond that. The question is, if they have things in their hands, why they don't tell the Palestinians, their partners, Mm -hmm. those they coordinate with them? Why they didn't give it to the Palestinian side, for instance, to investigate. Always the Israelis, they use like a holy cow. It's called secret file. It doesn't work. I was under administrative detention and I know what it means this. You can't defend yourself. This is not your process. And here you designate organizations and put them in lists. Could you please tell me what's the due process? Nothing. Which standards do you use? Is it the standards of UN, for instance? According to UN standards and human rights, you have to protect the human rights. Can you designate, for instance, those they do legal work, legitimate work, as illegitimate and as illegal? This has happened not in any democratic society. And here there is a big question, big question about which called the Israeli democracy. There is big question about this. Another thing is, this is an occupation. This is an occupying power. How it becomes like this? Our reference in that is the international law, mainly international humanitarian law and international human rights law. That's our reference. Our reference is not Israeli law. That's the case. 
when they expand their jurisdiction and legal to occupy territory, this is another crime. This is annexation. And this is part of the annexation policy. That's, you know, what we understand it. Because of that, I say, what they did lately, it's a political decision, political nature. It's no legal basis for this decision because of that. We will not respect it. We will not implement it. And we will not look at it. We look at it as non-null and it's not exist. Maybe you can say, oh, but it will affect you, affect you here, there. This is a challenge. We will go to our people to continue. Maybe they arrest us. Let them, welcome, welcome. They can arrest us. They can close us. We will open the office and we will continue work under the name of Al-Haq. This is a historical organization, legal organization, professional and the credible organizations. But the one who has to be before, you know, behind the bars and before, you know, the investigators, Gant, Gantz himself and the criminals. He is a criminal and that's it. I'm wonder, interested in whether there's been a statement by uh, Mansour Abbas. So this is a, this we haven't, this, this very Israeli government that has done this includes a Palestinian Arab party in the coalition, which is un, unusual in Israeli history. Um, I mean, he could bring down the government. Uh, has, has Mansour Abbas said anything about this? I haven't heard anything, to be honest with you. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, he has, maybe he has the same standards of, uh, and same definition of uh, terrorism. Um, <laughs> let me ask you one more, more question, um, uh, which is, I wonder, there's obviously been a debate for many, for several, you know, for a bunch of years now about the question of whether um, a, 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 an independent Palestinian state is the, still the right goal or whether the goal should be equality um, in one state between the, the river and the sea. Um, uh, and I'm interested in, in what your vision is, what your ultimate vision is for what you would like to see as a just solution um, to, this, uh, to this conflict. Look, as an organization, we don't take a position or political position from this which form, but we take a principled position. Palestinian as a people, they have to exercise their self-determination. And self-determination, you know, uh, some people, they look at it as a state, but there is another element connected to self-determination. It's right to return. Right to return is connected directly with the self-determination things. Without right to return, there is some main element missing in this, how to exercise it. That's, you know, one thing. Palestinians, they have a full right to exercise their self-determination and they can decide the form. And Palestinians or PLO decided as, you know, two states, you know, one state on 67 area and the other state. If you ask me personally, for instance, I do believe historically, historically about one democratic state solution in historical Palestine between sea and river. But in the same time, I do believe about two-state solution. Why? To let Palestinians grow up normally and to build their institutions. This is the case. Palestine, they have a state, legally speaking. But in the same time, they don't exercise you know, their uh, state on natural resources and everything, uh, sovereignty, all of these things. This is the issue how we look at it. But another thing, what's going on now in Palestine? 
it's beyond occupation, beyond ordinary occupation. This occupation with the nature of colonialism and apartheid. And I think what makes Israel nervous is we are one or maybe the first one we raised the issue of apartheid. Today, there is a common agreement and common narrative between all the international human rights organizations over the world that this is an apartheid regime. Israel, they try to show themselves as a democratic democracy and maybe the only democracy in the jungle of uh, Middle East. I think today the narrative changed. And if you ask me, I can say the hope is coming from the U.S. The hope is coming from the U.S. I have been saying that in the last five years, to be honest with you. To the students from Harvard, from other places in New York uh, University, when I meet with them here, I used to say that a promise, hope is coming from the U.S. Why? Because we know what's the change now. The people, they are aware more and they are not blind and they see things and they feel things and it's not easy for them to accept this situation, this oppressive regime, oppression against Palestinians, and in the same time, you know, uh, an apartheid uh, regime. That's what I do believe. Um, thank you so much, uh, Shawan, for sharing your time thank and you. analysis uh, today. Um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please make sure to check out the FMEP website, fmep.org, and please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast to stay up to date. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can also watch these podcasts on YouTube. And with that, I'm Peter Beinart signing off for now. Take care and thanks again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.